Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, the Titans have played about a quarter of their schedule. Where do they rank among the NFL according to some national outlets? We'll do a power rankings recap then. It's time to step into the film room for Rewatch Wednesday on defense. How did the Titans limit the Colts' rushing attack? And what second-half adjustment did the Titans' defense make to limit the Colts' passing game? And then on offense... What contributed to another second-half collapse? There's a lot of people to blame, but I'll tell you why. The Tennessee Titans quarterback is at the top of that list. All of that and more on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, we are going to dive into a power rankings recap, see where the Tennessee Titans stack up against the rest of the NFL. Before we do that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Also, thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. If this is your first ever listen or you haven't subscribed yet, Make sure that you stay locked in to the Locked On Titans podcast for Monday through Friday, free daily Tennessee Titans content on all platforms all year round, including on the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe there, smash the notification bell, and throw a thumbs up on the video right now if you're pretty happy with the Titans win over the Indianapolis Colts. But let's dive into these power rankings now before we get into our Rewatch Wednesday film segments later in the show. Looking at some of these power rankings, we're going to start with The Athletic. And The Athletic does a good job. I, I like the publication, but their power rankings were rather, rather curious. They have the Tennessee Titans ranked 19th in the NFL. Down in the comments below, let me know where you think the Tennessee Titans rank within the NFL. What place would you have them in? But, you know, 19th, I get that the Titans haven't looked great at times this year, but they do sit at 2-2, two and two, and uh, they have had some great moments. They're one of the best first-half teams in the NFL, and they've had their struggles in the second half, but the defense has come up clutch multiple times to allow the Titans to win these games when they don't score in the second half. I don't see how you could have them 19th, and not only that, I don't see how you could have the teams that are ahead of them set there in front of the Titans. Number one, the Cardinals. The Cardinals? I don't believe in the Cardinals. It's a new year. You know, I I don't understand. The Falcons? Look, the Falcons have been solid. No doubt about it. Shout out to our prince, Arthur Smith. But the Falcons are better than the Titans? I don't believe that for a second. The Browns with Jacoby Brissett? are better than the Titans? No way, man. Get that out of here. That's insane. The Broncos, not a chance. Not a chance. The Vikings, I'll at least hear the Vikings. They're 3 and 1. I'll at least hear that. But I'm sorry. If the Titans played the Vikings right now, there is no way the Titans would lose to the Vikings. 
I'm sorry, I do not believe that. And you guys know that I am one of the pessimistic Tennessee Titans content creators out there. I'm more usually on the conservative side of things when it comes to the Titans. I'm not one of the more optimistic people out there. It's a reality. But the Vikings? The Chargers? And I know this team is good, and I know they won the Super Bowl last year, but the Rams? The Rams' offensive line can't block a soul. I don't believe that the Titans would lose to the Rams. Or I think the Titans would beat all of those teams. The Cardinals, the Falcons, the Browns, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Chargers. The Chargers and the Vikings might be the toughest task right there. But I think that's insane. 19, the Athletic. Get out of here with that. A more logical, reasonable ranking comes from my guy Dan Hansis at the NFL Network. Uh, from the Locked On, or Locked On, <laughs> from the Around the NFL podcast. Shout out those guys. He has the Titans at 12th. The only teams ahead of the Titans that I would have a stake about in that one are the Rams and the Vikings. 12th sounds about right to me. 12th seems right. I, that's where I'm at with the Titans. I wouldn't call them a top 10 team, but they're, I mean, the Titans are just a couple of inches away, a couple of scratches away from being a top 10 team. So I'm okay with 12th. Have the Rams and the Vikings ahead of the Titans. I don't know that I agree there, but again, the Vikings are 3 and 1. The Rams, Super Bowl champions defending, they're going to get a benefit of the doubt from the media, I'm sur- I'm sure. The last power rankings that I want to talk about was from Locked On. Power rankings that I vote on. They have the Titans at 16th. Now, I don't think that's too far off From where they deserve to be, I think top 14 is a lock. The Titans are going to be a playoff team. I believe that the entire way through. But 16th, at least, I can can chomp it down. You know what I mean? They have the Cardinals. The Cardinals is egregious to have ahead of the Titans. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling it. The Rams, the Vikings, the Chargers, all conversations worth happening. But I, but I, I can live. I can live with the Rams and the Vikings and Chargers being ahead of the Titans. Now, I think the Titans would beat those teams in a game, but sure, sure, I can at least understand how someone would do that. But the Cardinals? Come on, man. Come on. They're a a lucky couple of breaks away from being one and three against the Raiders. That should have been a loss. They were down like 23 to three or something. Despicable. So 12th makes sense to me. 16th. Eh, I guess I can live, but 19th, 19th is absolutely absurd. That is just ridiculous. But again, question of the day. Let me know, let me know in the comments where you think the Titans rank in the NFL. We are now going to dive into the film room. Time to step into the film room. Take a look at the tape. I am going to break down what I saw on film from the Titans on offense and defense. First, we're going to talk about the defense, how they shut down the run game of the Colts, and then how they shut down the passing attack in the second half, a nice adjustment that they made after halftime. And then we're going to talk about the offense to cap off the show, what happened right in the first half, and then, as is a weekly conversation, what went wrong in the second half. I'm going to tell you why Ryan Tannehill is... A big portion of the responsibility, in my opinion, for the Titans' second-half struggles against the Colts. But before we get into all of that, I want to tell you a little more about our title sponsor, LinkedIn. So I just think it's perfect to have LinkedIn and Locked On together 
as uh, as friends in the business space. It just sounds so good. And as you gear up for the fall and the winter, you want to make sure that your small business is firing on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. All you do is add your job, and then the purple hiring frame will send it out to everybody in the network to make sure that you can find the right people to hire. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and then ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Titans fans, it is time. My favorite time of the week. Let's step into the film room, talk about what I saw on tape from the Titans. As I always do, I'm going to have my Tic Tac Tuesday film thread from Twitter. I'm going to have the link for that down in the description of the video so that you guys can check it out. It's going to be in the description of the podcast as well so that you can quickly see all of the film clips that I put together. It's all in a nice thread. Even if you don't have Twitter, even if you don't have Twitter, you can still click the link and scroll through the Tic Tac Tuesday thread. Again, guys, there are copyright issues on YouTube with monetization and my company, and I can't post the film directly on the YouTube page, but it's all available with one easy click from the description. So let's dive into the tape here. We are going to start with the defensive side of the ball. The offense will be to cap off the show, but on defense, So I was worried about the Colts' shotgun run game. I I was worried about how the Colts would down block with the play side offensive line and they take pullers from the backside and attack the Titans like that. The Giants had a ton of success in week one against the Titans with those types of plays. So I was incredibly concerned about how the Titans would hold up against that shotgun run attack against those pin-pull plays that the Colts have used against the Titans in the past and the Giants had a ton of success with in week one. Well, the Titans just did a phenomenal job with with him and that up. And in my opinion, a lot of it had to do with Matt Ryan not being a running threat. So what the Titans like to do with these situations is they like to take their defensive end and they like their defensive end to crash down into the interior of the formation. That's what the Titans like to do. And then they'll have their linebackers kind of scrape out to the outside. Well, if the defensive ends don't have to worry at all about the quarterback run in any way, they can crash hard. So what's happening is the Colts are down blocking, leaving the Titans edge unblocked, and then they're pulling someone from the backside to come through and act as a lead blocker to kick out that defensive end who is unblocked. Well, the Titans' defensive ends were crashing down so hard and taking on those pullers that it was creating zero separation for the Colts' offense. 
though. Danico Autry one time specifically, I remember, crashed down so hard, Mo Ali Cox was pulling from the other side of the formation to take him on, and Danico Autry just drilled him. And now, Mo Ali Cox can't kick Danico Autry out to create that seam for Jonathan Taylor. There's no seam. That forces Jonathan Taylor back into the interior of the formation where guys like Jeffrey Simmons, Tier Tart, David Long, Dylan Colt, Joe Schobert were waiting for them. So a great, great job by the defensive ends in this game, pinching down, squeezing down the line of scrimmage, taking on those pullers head on and not letting them drive them back. The linebackers, David Long was incredible in this game. I have multiple clips in the Tic Tac Tuesday thread showing exactly how David Long did everything that he does well Perfectly. Look, David Long isn't the type of guy who's going to get his hands in the chest of an offensive lineman, look at the run, and then shed him and go make a play. David Long's not big enough to do that or strong enough to do that. David Long has to use his agility and his athleticism to swerve around and juke around offensive linemen. That is an instinctual thing. I said in week one and week two that David Long was not playing his best ball, but I thought it was because his instincts weren't ready and primed up. It was the beginning of the season. He didn't have a good feel for the game. David Long has gotten there. Just like how I said about Derrick Henry. I said Derrick Henry struggled early on, but it was a rust thing. It was a feel thing. Knowing where the holes are, the rust is knocked off, and we're seeing King Henry back in action. Same thing with David Long. The rust is knocked off. He's not guessing anymore. He's not taking the bait and going the wrong direction. He's absolutely playing downhill, playing instinctive, playing aggressive, juking and maneuvering around offensive linemen. David Long played great. I thought Dylan Cole had some really good moments in run defense early on as well, but he struggled so mightily in pass coverage that the Titans went with Joe Schobert in the second half. I gave some shout-outs to the interior defensive line earlier. Tyre Tart, or Tier Tart, Jeffrey Simmons, Naquan Jones, Kevin Strong, I all thought had great performances in this game. And it's not that they made incredible plays. It's not that they stuffed the stat sheet, but they didn't get driven back. So when the defensive ends are crashing in the way that they did, as I explained earlier, well, if the interior defensive linemen I just mentioned are getting driven back, there are still going to be holes for Jonathan Taylor there, but there weren't because they held their ground. So you can't ever point out one single person or one group for run defense. It is a team effort, and you got to give all the credit in the world to the edges for crashing down, the interior D-line for holding their spot, and then for the linebackers for instinctively getting downhill and making plays and getting guys on the ground. So a great job from the front seven. What the Titans did to stop the Colts' passing attack, though. So the Colts had a ton of success early on, especially late in the first half with those drag routes to the tight ends and tight ends over the middle. Well, one of the reasons that they were having success with that is because the Titans were doing what they do. And on early downs and in the red zone, the Titans like to play man coverage and cover one robber. So they'll have a linebacker over the middle of the field hovering in zone. They'll have Kevin Byer deep as the deep guy hovering in zone, reading the quarterback size. And then they'll be in man coverage on the outside. They like to do that on early downs. They like to do that in the red zone. Also on early downs, not in the red zone, they like to run cover three. Either way, you got a, a, a single high shell, and then you got eight in the box to help deal with the run game. So basically what the Colts were doing is they were running a vertical clear route on one side of the field and then running a drag route all the way to the other side. And think, if you're in man coverage or if you're in cover three, 
the outside is vulnerable if you clear that cornerback. That cornerback is gone. Then you're waiting for an underneath zone defender, and the Colts would flood the zone. Sometimes they'd have a running back out in the flat, and then the guy responsible for the outside intermediate is going to come up on the flat, leaving a little hole in between the deep corner and the intermediate defender. Uh, If you're in man, there's nobody over there except the guy who's going with the drag route. And if any of you have ever played Madden, you know if somebody's running heavy man coverage, you go to drag routes because the odds are somebody's going to have a little bit of space as they go across the field and you're going to be able to get a completion. Well, that's what the Colts were doing on both the touchdowns. One, Christian Fulton was in man. One, Roger McCreary was in man on a tight end and they cleared out one side of the field, ran a drag route to that cleared side and the Titans defender, even a cornerback on a tight end, wasn't able to stay in stride and stay in phase and it was giving the Colts wide open dumps all on drag routes to tight ends. In the second half, the Titans said, screw playing cover three. Yeah, they still played some man, but they said, screw playing cover three. What we're going to do is we're going to play cover two, whether that be classical cover two or invert cover two, or we're going to run what I would call an like a pseudo cover four. So what the Titans were doing is they would have their four defensive backs, think the outside cornerbacks, and then the two safeties. They would play a cover four where the field is, is split up into four sections. Well, what would happen is, is that cover four would turn into cover two because if there was a vertical route on either side, if the vertical route was on the inside, think if you have two wide receivers to one side, if the inside wide receiver of the two takes it vertical, then the safety now is a deep half and turns it into cover two and they stay with the inside vertical route. If the vertical route is coming on the outside near the boundary with Michael Pittman or Paris Campbell, something like that, well, then the cornerback on the outside would stick with that vertical route, and now they have deep half in cover two. What would happen is whenever the offense declared a vertical route and the Titans communicated who was taking the vertical route deep, the other player, whether it be the outside cornerback or more often than not, the inside safety, would then say, okay, now that I know I don't have deep responsibility, I'm sinking into the middle of the field to take away these drag routes to the tight ends, to take away these crossing routes over the middle on Roger McCreary and man coverage. So the Titans did a bunch of different things, but what they did specifically in the second half is they quit going with cover three coverage and they started doing these pseudo coverages, as I would call them for lack of a better term, where they're in cover four, but once a vertical route is declared, they communicate who's sticking, and then the other guy drops back into the middle of the field to help take that away. So you're basically running two different coverages at one time and letting the offense dictate who is going to be the guy to take the deep guy, and then the other guy can sink into the middle. So basically playing a, a hybrid coverage of cover, cover four, turning into cover two as vertical routes are declared, Just phenomenal stuff from the Titans to take away the intermediate and the drag routes for the tight ends uh, for the Colts. It was just excellent stuff. So uh, the last thing that I want to mention here is Joe Schobert played over Dylan Cole exclusively in the second half. I don't recall seeing a Dylan Cole snap in the second half. Schobert, while he's not as athletic and quick and instinctive and physical as Dylan Cole in the run game, Schobert is far better and far more instinctual in pass coverage. He knows where to drop. He knows how to pass off routes. He had the best defensive rating of anybody per pro football focus on Sunday for the Titans. And I see why on my rewatch, seeing how well Joe Schobert played in coverage. So that's all of my film notes from the defense. Remember, the Tic Tac Tuesday film thread, the link is in the description right now. Click on that. Even if you don't have Twitter, you can see all the clips and go through the thread that I put together about 
30 clips on offense and defense showing you guys what I saw. We're going to talk about what I saw on offense in just a second. Before we get into it, though, do want to tell you guys about BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source this football season for all the odds, lines, and matchups. They have the latest player developments, team matchups, news, in-depth articles, and analysis on every single game. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They have live betting. They have uh, eSports. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, boxing, golf. Whatever you want, whatever you want, they got it at betonline.net. So head there now, use your laptop or your mobile device, BetOnline, where the game starts. Titans fans, let's cap off our Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We talked about the Titans' power rankings and where they stack up, according to some publications, including Locked On. We talked about the defensive side of the football, what the Titans did to slow the rushing attack of the Colts, and the adjustment the Titans made in pass coverage in the second half. I certainly hope that you guys enjoyed that content. I got to tell you, my idea of making content for the Titans is I am going to make the content that I want as a listener and as a fan. And if you can't enjoy that in-depth breakdown, then I don't know what to tell you, folks. I don't know what to tell you. Either way, I know that all you guys who are watching right now, listening right now, really do enjoy it. And I thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen every day. If you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you do Monday through Friday, daily Tennessee Titans content for free all year round on all platforms. Locked on Titans, it's your team every day. But going to the offensive side of the ball. So, offense. Titans were creative in the first half. This is a trend. They were incredibly creative. We saw the wheel route to Chigakonkwa, which I broke down uh, on the Tic Tac Tuesday film thread. Check that out. Link is in the description. Chigakonkwa dipped his shoulder like he was going to take on the outside defender before he slipped past him to get into the wheel route and go down the sideline, that is a nasty little detail that I'm sure the coaches uh, taught him. And man, that's just dipping that shoulder like you're about to hit somebody and then sliding through and going. That was beautiful stuff. But the creativity on display in the first half. Chigakonkwo on the wheel route, off play action. We got Derrick Henry on the screen pass. We got Derrick Henry on the quick swing out. We got Traylon Burks on the toss on third and one. There was a time where the Titans went in single back formation. That's one running back in the backfield, Derrick Henry. They were in a twins tight end look. So wide receiver on either side, two tight ends on one side, Jeff Swaim hand in the dirt. Torrey Carter as the wing tight end. What the Titans did was we saw the Titans run counter out of eye formation last week. The Titans ran counter, but they did it out of this formation, tight end twins. And then they have Nate Davis as a puller. And then they bring Tory Carter from that twin tight end spot across the field as a lead blocker, which is basically what he would be doing if he were the fullback in the backfield. But this gives a different look, a totally different look. Instead of having a, tight, uh, a fullback in the backfield, he's as a tight end, which makes the line of scrimmage more horizontal. 
which changes the way that defenses are going to set up their front against the Titans so they can run the same exact plays that they do with a fullback, but they can do it out of a single back formation. So I love that little wrinkle that we saw in the first half. Um, and all that creativity went away in the second half. The Titans were very vanilla in the second half, and I don't know if it's they go up by a lot and they think that the defense is good enough to where they don't have to be creative anymore. They don't want to show any more of their pet plays. They don't want to show any more of their good stuff. They can just run their vanilla duo, wide zone, play action glance. We could just run our basic vanilla stuff like it's a preseason game because our defense is going to be able to hold the lead that we have. It seems like that's the philosophy that they have because no creativity in the second half. Uh, Chickaconquo closed it out on that play action to Derrick Henry as a fullback and then into the H-back sprint into the flat hit Chig to, to end the game and get that final first down. That was some creativity, but other than that, it was just very vanilla. Um, the last thing that I want to say here is, well, not the last thing, second to last thing. Once again, once again in the second half, we see the Titans running man-beater route concepts while other teams are in zone. So teams love playing man against the Titans because they don't have a lot of great wide receiver options or tight end options that can beat you in one-on-one. That was the case when the Titans had A.J. Brown, too. He was only one. The Titans didn't have enough. Teams were like, okay, we'll just play man against you. You can't beat us. You're not going to win consistently over and over again. Okay? So the Titans are like, oh, it's third down. They're going to play man again. They're going to play man again. And what the Giants did pretty well and what I saw with the Colts is they said, you think we're going to run man. We're running cover too. So the Titans are running a mesh concept with drag routes that's a man beater and they're against cover two and nothing's open. That's on Todd Downing. You have to be more predictive in your play calling. You have to understand that, yeah, they played man against you on third downs all first half, but they might switch that up to try to catch you off guard. And he's just never ready for it. He just never gets the, the, the play call right to defeat the defense when the teams adjust in the second half. It just rarely happens. That's part of the problem. The last thing I want to mention is something I teased at the beginning, though. It's in there. Go look at the clips. The film don't lie. Tannehill is incredibly tentative in second halves. He does not want to make the big mistake. He does not want to put throws into tight windows. Hell, he doesn't want to throw balls into open windows. There's a specific play where Burks and Woods are on one side of the field. The Titans do a play-action fake like they normally do. Traylon Burks runs a deep seven route where he kind of bends inside and then takes it to the sideline. Robert Woods runs a deep in route. The deep in route is wide open. The linebacker doesn't drop back to, to cover that spot as Woods is breaking inside. Tannehill has time in the pocket. He has a ton of space. and He just doesn't throw it in there. I don't know how else to explain it. He just doesn't throw it in there. My guy, Will Lomas, made the point that Tannehill, logically, the linebacker should be dropping into that area. So that's what. Well, Tannehill has to be able to survey the field and say, oh, I know that the linebacker normally does this, but the defense made a mistake 
And now I'm going to capitalize. The defense made a mistake, and now I'm going to take advantage. Why can't Tannehill do that? Why is that asking too much of Ryan Tannehill to expect him to, oh, the defense made a mistake. Yeah, normally the linebacker would be right there, but he's not right now, and Woods is wide open over the middle of the field for a big game. Throw the ball. There was another example where the Titans were in a man-beater concept, drag routes, trips on one side. The Colts did run man. Traylon Burks runs a drag route that if Tannehill just throws a touch pass, a lob pass, Burks runs forever. He's Forrest Gump. He is gone. Running and running. Like there's no one there. The routes on the other side of the field go across the field, so that pulls all the defenders that side. Traylon Burks is by himself on the other side of the field. All Tannehill had to do was lob it up, and he'd run right underneath it. Not only that, but earlier in the game, we all remember it. Burks runs a wheel route. He is wide open for a touchdown, and Tannehill sails it over his head. I'm sorry, guys. Tannehill has been good this year, but he hasn't been great. And these plays that we're talking about, yeah, the offensive line isn't awesome. Yeah, the play calling isn't awesome. Yeah, the Titans don't have a great skill position group. But Tannehill does nothing to lift people up. When everything's going bad and all the momentum is going wrong and the Titans can't get right, Ryan Tannehill isn't a guy to lift them up and save them in a big moment to get the momentum going the right direction. He's just part of the wave, just being taken away by the tidal wave of ineptitude as well. He doesn't stem the tide for them. He's good, but he's not great. And you need great quarterback play to overcome and be a great team in this league. So no matter what happens, Tannehill just isn't the guy. And these are small little things that I'm picking out to make a bigger point, but there have been a couple of little things every single week where it's like, why aren't you throwing the ball at Tannehill? Why are you trigger happy? Why aren't you stepping up in the pocket? He just, I don't expect him to be perfect. But at this point, I can't expect him to lift up this team. He isn't a leader who's going to lift up the team and stem the tide when things are going bad. He's a guy who's going to be washed away with it as well. He is purely average. And as long as Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback, the Titans are going to have to be perfect on the offensive line, perfect with their pass-catching group, perfect on defense, perfect on special teams, perfect decision-making with the play calling and with time management and all that. Everyone else has to be perfect because Ryan Tannehill isn't great. And that gives you a small, small margin of error. But that's going to do it for this Rewatch Wednesday. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm going to be back with you guys tomorrow. It's crossover Thursday. We're going to be talking with my guy, uh, David Harrison from Locked On Commanders and Chris Russell as well. So look forward to that. Make sure you subscribe. That's going to do it for me today, though, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.